right, okay. Here we, go. Here we are. What set, number is this? Set to the Office, Episode 7, Danny. Seven, lucky number seven. Episode 7, Adventures of Tremendous Fat Ass. Yep. Um, and uh, so here we are. We're ready to rock and roll. I uh, want to apologize to all of our um, dedicated listeners, and they're in the the dozens, <laughs> maybe. I don't know how many there are. Dozens, um, Joel. Come on. Yeah, okay, in the single digits. Probably. Um, although I did just get a message from a friend um, asking where the hell our podcasts have been, so that's good. I got to take responsibility for that. I've been sick. I know, you have been sick, and I've been sick, and you've been sick. And then... Well, and then you were kind of dumb the night we were going to do it you left the gate open and the dogs that was wednesday night uh i left the gate open i was doing some yard work which you know that's that's my bad because i should never do any yard work and uh left the gate open and let the dogs out and they were running loose in pleasant hill um and uh the night that we were planning to record so it didn't happen we did get the dogs back and one of them is laying right here Good old Merp. Yeah. She's a good girl. I hated seeing you like that. You were really worried. I was really worried because uh, had been, they'd been gone for hours. And, uh, um, you know, and I drove around the neighborhood. And this, is, this always cracks me up. And I know people mean well. And I'm under a high level of stress. I get that. Yeah. But when I'm driving around and I see somebody out in their yard, and, I, you know, and I, I stop. And I say, yeah, excuse me, have you, you seen a couple of dogs uh running loose they they got out of my gate and every person will ask me yeah what do they look like and what i want to say is we're in pleasant hill if you see two dogs running loose Mm -hmm. just count on them being mine you don't need to know what they look like that's what i want to say but what i say is well one's black and tan and white and one's tan and really fat and you know but it's just like really fat yeah oh yeah but he's <laughs> lost about five pounds so he's not quite as fat but you know what i'm saying i mean yeah. I, that seems like a it, it's i'm probably making too much out of it but it just seems like a kind of a funny question that somebody would ask yeah. well what do they look like well we're not in like rural Mexico, where dogs, hundreds of dogs run loose in the neighborhood. I mean, there's, yeah. you walk around Pleasant Hill, there's no dogs running loose. So if you see two dogs running loose, they're probably going to be mine that I night. I think it's but their desire to want to help at that point. I know, you know I know. I mean? Like I've said, I'm overreacting well, to well, that, and I'm at a high level of, you know, because ah, my dogs are gone. People, I'm s- people do some stupid things, yeah. though, for sure. And I kind of worry about Merp because she gets a little, you know, a little nippy sometimes with strangers. Not me. No, not with you, Dan. But anyway, so yeah, it's been a while since we've we. I think this is only our second podcast in about three and a half weeks, so yeah. we're a little, a little behind. But um, you know, but we're ready to go, and Here we're we are. Um, good day today, Dan. I smoked my first brisket. Oh, no, brisket. don't brisket? get all excited. What is a brisket? Brisket is a is a cut of beef. Beef. Um, that is uh, typically, um, you know, fatty um in some parts but it's also has you have to slow cook it you have to yeah. it really takes a long time i've had it i just never really knew like what part of the uh cut it is why yeah because they say it's hard to smoke you can mess a brisket you can up mis- you can mess it up and it takes a long time and it's generally uh the art of smoking you know it goes from you start with a beer can you know i'm, I'm, I'm talking listening. about smoking i am listening okay Every time I say smoking meat, are you going to giggle? No. Okay, because I just need you to pay attention here and be serious, all right? You do it. I'm not doing anything. Yes, you do. I'm not doing anything. Okay. Okay. 
But when you get a smoker, okay, and you begin smoking meat, mm-hmm. you start with something easy like beer can chicken or something because you can't mess that up or you smoke some drumsticks or whatever. Um, how old was your first time? <laughs> when was? Like how old were you when you first? Uh, a few years ago, Dan, oh. when I got a smoker. Probably seven or eight years ago, I started with a charcoal smoker, which has mm-hmm. its own uh, challenges because it's hard to keep the heat regulated. Yeah. You don't know what the temperature is half the time. I wouldn't like that. No, but, you know, there's a little bit, um, there's an art to it. And uh, a couple of years back, my, my uh, mom and my and my wife got me an electric smoker, and I thought I was cheating because the electric smoker, you put it in, you set the temperature, set the time. You know, generally walk away and it's yeah. very low maintenance. But anyway, so that's more my stuff. Yeah, you know, and it's turned out I, I felt guilty at first, but now I love it because. Yeah. Um, but you know, you move up from chicken, you can do a pork loin, you do some, you know, and then you yeah. have barbecue pork, uh, whatever. I but like to do the pork butts. Pork butt, just real easy. Yep. Can't hardly screw them up. Yep, you so. can't hardly screw them up. And then the brisket is like the. I'm just never done a brisket. That's like the the PhD level of smoking. Mm. And, uh, you know, especially because you're buying a brisket for $40, $50, $60. And, uh, you know, so there's some pressure. But last night I put it in about 11, 1130. Um, set the temp, you know, uh, got the chips in. Um, you know, put just a real simple um, spice combination where I, you know, kind of slathered some mustard on there as a kind of a bonding agent. I'm talking about stuff I really don't have a good grip on. There's going to be people that I know who listen to our podcast who are way better at this than I am. And they're probably thinking you said that I sound like a dipshit right now, but I'm going to, I'm doing it the best I can. I think you sound great. Joel. Well, because you are, I'm here. I've accepted the fact here. that I, you know, we want to set our goals high, but we need to have realistic expectations as well. And right. I, I don't expect to ever be better at smoking meat than you, Joel. I see. Okay. Well, so, so I, I see where you're going with that. I, um, yeah. So I put some mustard on there and then I put some salt and pepper, a little mm. garlic powder, <clears throat> excuse me, and then uh, set it in there. And then, um, about, Oh, six, seven, eight hours in, you know, at like two twenty five, two fifty, it varies what you want to, the temperature, uh, it enters a period called the stall and the stall is where the brisket is excreting moisture from the, from the, the brisk. Okay, just stay with me here. I'm with you. Okay, excreting moisture that is actually <laughs> cooling the the brisket down. Mm. So for like an hour or two, you don't think that it's cooking because the temperature of the brisket itself is staying mm-hmm. pretty static. And then once you get through the stall and it gets to about 160 degrees, then you wrap it. You can either put it in foil or you can wrap it in butcher paper. I did foil because I don't know what the hell butcher paper is. Um, and, uh, and then from there, you pull it out when it's 200, 201, 2, uh, yeah, you pull the brisket out of the smoker <laughs> at 201, 202, whatever, you know, there's different schools. But today was my first one, and it turned out great. Good. And I'll, I'd be happy to let you sample my meat when we get up, my brisket, when we I get might, upstairs. I might take you up on that, Joel. Okay. So, All right, if we if we like have we sunk as low as we possibly can in this. I don't know what you're referring to. Okay. All right. Uh, what else? I you... went to um, Gabriel the Walk to Remember for Gabriel today. Okay, what is the Walk to Remember? Cool. It's um it's an organization that well it's just a bunch of people that have lost children and okay. they do a like right. a memorial walk for okay. them. It's pretty cool. 
So, and this month is um, Pregnancy Loss Awareness, okay. uh, Infant Loss Awareness Month. So okay. you probably see an increase of uh, things like that on Facebook, you know, social media posts, stuff where people, yeah, so. right, right. But uh, it was pretty neat um, just being around. I think anytime you're around other people that have experienced something like that with you, you feel a connection to them, you know? Right, right. Um, and do you know some of these people that are in the walk? No. Because you've been doing this now for, uh, this is your third walk to remember? Uh, fourth. Fourth walk to remember, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you would get there and, and recognize people that have been. I recognize people. I just, um, I don't really talk to people. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So Maybe. I think Sarah knows some of the people there. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, that's yeah. a good, uh, that, you know, that's good. I mean, it shows some, you know, support uh, for people who have been through a hard time like you and Sarah. And, yeah. And uh, so that was today. That was today. Uh, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, it's different things make us feel like we have a connection. Like when you're, you're a Hawkeye fan, you meet someone else, they've got a Hawkeye shirt on. Yeah. Okay, we're Hawkeye fans. Right. Or, or somebody, like I meet a dude that's like, super smart and like devastatingly handsome and i immediately feel like hey guys so am i so we have a mm, uh, no i don't know about that okay one. all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, whatever okay you know and it like once you get so big it kind of dwindles off like i think you've got um uh, maybe if you were christian you met someone else who was a christian you'll feel like some extra connection maybe with yeah. them um then you could look at it politically you know right. democrats republicans i mean then you got just we're Americans, but yeah. after that, and to me today, being with those other people made me feel connected more so to right because you have a very specific human like connection. Yeah, but at the same time, closer connection to everybody. Right. And like you know, there's yeah. so okay. Yeah. That's well, I, I saw the shirt, and I know I've seen you wear that shirt before but i've also noticed that your shirt is getting smaller and yeah. now you're in a, an adult medium which is concerning well yeah i'm trying not to lose any more weight I've yeah i have the same problem Dick. every time i eat i feel sick so i don't eat very much hmm. so i need to go I'm a, I'm a believer in you know the healing the, <laughs> the healing of the mind Joel. Yeah, yeah i understand you know i understand i don't know might be time to get a second opinion. Yeah, you doctor. might want to get a second opinion. You're you're kind of wasting away, Danny. Yeah, worried about that. So, but uh, okay. Well, I wondered about that. That was today, and uh, glad it went well. So, um, want to talk about uh, a little bit about some topical things that have gone on this week. Uh, actually, it was a week ago because we've already had a football game since the Lincoln High School Dowling. Yeah. Debacle. We were going to talk about it last time. <clears throat> and then we got delayed, and then now sick, it's it's yeah. been nine days since uh, the the debacle with the, the Dowling-Lincoln football game where the Lincoln coach... I'm kind of glad we've been delayed because I feel I've been on this kind of... My my feelings about it have changed. Okay. Whereas I don't know if some people like feel the same way as they did initially... So what you felt initially is now different than what you um, feel now because you have more information. I yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But, All right. I mean, I don't know. You well, go. the background uh, for you know again, it's kind of like the Carson King thing. It's kind of been a 
not only a local news event, but now it's it's sort of statewide. And I think it, and I think I actually saw it on Yahoo News, national news. So it's a it's a big thing. Um, but uh, uh, nine days ago, during the the Dowling Lincoln football game, uh, there was an incident where the Dowling or the Lincoln quarterback was hit by a Dowling player, um, and the hit was perceived to be a an illegal hit by the coach of one of the coaches of the Lincoln high school rail splitters who happened to be the player's father. And he ain't a volunteer coach, right? No, no, he was a paid coach. Okay. He was a paid coach. Um, he didn't work for the school. In my understanding, he was, uh, he had a different job during the day. He wasn't a teacher coach. He was a paid coach. Mm. Um, and uh, he'd been there for 15 years. And so um, we do have a clip if we're ready to roll, this is the hit uh, that kind of instigated all this chaos. I don't know if Beck could run that back. Oh, it's going to show it again right here. Okay, keep it running. Okay, go ahead and cut it. Okay, so that was the incident. Right. And your initial thoughts, uh, oh, about a week ago when you saw the video. And... I hadn't even seen the video. The guys at lunch were talking about it. Okay. 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 And so it was explained to me. Um, I hadn't seen the video, but at the time I thought, well, you made the choice to be a coach with your son on the team right when you're down there you're not you can't just go into crazy dad mode like you're you're representing your school as well right and and then also to me is like yeah it's understandable and you know it's his kid and everything but also i mean we complain all the time about parent behavior at these little league games soccer games you know right. and it's you can get on youtube right now and see fist fights breaking out yep. these things yep and so we have to hold our coaches to a, to a standard. higher standard than right. our expectations of the parents right right um but you know that was really looking at it more afar than than finding some more information later okay which right kind of changed my perspective on it some yeah too. right well i i agree uh with all of that and it sounds like um the coach in question um acknowledges that he yeah. reacted in a way that's not appropriate for an adult and a coach and all that. And I think we all probably could agree, I hope anyway, that his reaction of whether the intent was a pure intent, you know, i.e. his his child was potentially, you yeah. know, hurt, it's still not okay to react right. the way he did. And yep. he, he acknowledges that. Yep, tighten that up. There you go. Um, 
I think you can say something, you can acknowledge that you understand why someone did it without saying it's okay. Yeah. And that seems to be what people are right. on both sides not willing to do, even on the other side to say, yeah, he should have, he should have saw that. He should have thrown a the flag. The official. Yes. Right, right. Uh, we need to do a better job with right. that. Right, Everybody being honest, but it seems like, and I learned this kind of the backstory of it from you, right. that there's more to it even right. than that about right. it. Well, that's the thing, and you know, and I um, typically uh, in high school and in college, uh, officials, the the administrative um, entities behind officials, they don't acknowledge officiating errors generally. Okay, um, and I the the reason for that, my understanding, and it makes sense to me, is that once you start doing that, it never stops, because there's going to be people that are going to find one, two, three, four half dozen officiating the errors every game and they want an explanation. How could you miss that call? So their, their remedy for that is to not explain any misses, mm. you know, however, I think this situation is a little different. It's different because this coach uh, has been very publicly reprimanded for his mistakes. You know, he's yeah. res- resigned from his job. He has charges filed for harassment against him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that changes things, in my opinion. I think at this point, um, it would be appropriate for the the, the the Iowa officials, whatever, governing entity, to step forward and at least acknowledge that they yeah. saw that something was missed. Yeah. Because it clearly was. I, yeah. I don't know that I've seen or, or seen any reaction from anybody that denies that there was something not right about that hit. Yeah. Have you seen anyone that that is dying on that hill that's saying that well, that was fine. That hit was OK, because everybody that I've seen has said, no, God, that was not a good hit. Right. That was an illegal hit. Yeah. OK. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh, disparage the kid that did it. I mean, well, and that's the thing I saw that also um, changed how I thought about it. Um, someone that I work with had video of the entire game. Okay. And that hit that's in the news there is during the second quarter. In the first quarter, the same player does the exact same hit on the same quarterback. You see oh. it. I okay. watched it. So, and I'm just, no one said anything about that. I'm surprised. So there was no and nothing was no happening. reaction that you saw from the sideline no, after but that first hit. Both of them going in, you can see his hands are back. Right, like he's right, just and he's in. launched forward. Yep. And so okay. I don't know. I think uh, to me that made a big difference. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I I was trying to uh, you know I was thinking about this because I'm a I'm a Lincoln guy, grew up mostly on the South Side, um, and uh, you know I I think that the culture of Lincoln uh, growing up we we were kind of I don't know taught or whatever uh, a a pretty firm uh, hatred maybe of Dowling was cultivated in us at a young age. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this, whether it's hatred, maybe that's a strong word, but we, you know, um, we were taught from the time we walked into Lincoln high school that um, certain things about Dowling that is not, yeah, probably not accurate. Yeah. Some things might be, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is that 
I think that when you, as a Lincoln High School player or coach, go into a game against Dowling, you already ex- you already have this in your mind that you're not going to get any breaks. Dowling gets all the breaks, and Lincoln gets they don't get any of the breaks. Yeah. Okay. Resentment. Resentment. Okay, because of you know when we go through school on the south side, and you lived on the south side for a little while, we go through elementary school, junior high school. I'm like a hybrid. You are. You're like south half side or south, east side. Half east. I wonder what that makes you, man. Makes me your f-ing nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, don't forget to beep that. Yeah, you got to beep that one. So, anyway, I'm not. Um, I, I just think that plays a role sometimes in these situations because, uh, like I said, whether it's real or not real, um, you know, the perception is, you know, that, you know, here we are. We're, we're at Lincoln. Uh, we don't have any advantages in Dowling. They're a private school. They have all these advantages. Um, you know, you're lined up at Lincoln. You're lined up across from the kids that you went to junior high with or elementary school with. And it, it seems weird. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, Dowling has a rich tradition of kicking the shit out of everybody. Yeah. And that feeds into it. So I, I just wondered, my first thought, and this might not be accurate, was how much that played a role. Yeah. The hit was real, and it was not okay. But... You you know you kind of go into these situations with preconceived notions about how things are going to be. Well, the thing about that is the tricky part of that for me is if the father is just freaking out because you know he's going to get my son killed out there. Right. He's going to get a no no he I'm sorry he told the official he was going to kill him. Yeah, but on the thing, he said something about... Oh, yeah, right. You're going right. to get my son killed. Right, okay. But, I mean, you pointed out, he doesn't even check on his son. He's just going right. after the ref. Right, that was another observation that I had. And, again, I'm not trying to knock the coach. I think I kind of know the coach after seeing him in that video. I don't know if he was a former student of mine or if I coached him at Lincoln because I coached ninth graders at Lincoln for a couple, three years. But, anyway, hmm. I'm not trying to knock him. Uh, but that was the first thing that I thought of when I saw the video was, okay, the kid is on the ground and he stays on the ground for several seconds as a, I've coached my own sons in football, mm-hmm. you know, youth football, not high school. My first instinct would be, is my son okay? Yeah. You know, and that was not his first instinct. And I don't know why that is. I'm not trying to say he's a bad dad or a bad guy, but if, his his response was, I was worried about the safety of my child, and that's why I went after the official. Mm-hmm. But your your child was on the ground, yeah. And you're not. Your first response is to go after the official. I, I wonder about that. I don't know what that means, but I know that my first response would be. It means it's pretty hard to use that as justification for your behavior. Possibly, possibly, and maybe he already knew that his son was probably okay. Exactly. Okay, so. Um, it was a weird, uh, situation. And, uh, as a parent, I can certainly understand the, the instinct, you know, you see your child, something like that happen. And because we've worked in education day, we've seen parents have that instinct over the years, Hmm. (laughs) you know, um, conferences, conferences coming up and we'll see, you'll see a lot of that. I won't, but you will. Um, right. But anyway, so I, I just thought it was a, an interesting um, – and they uh, they press charges, the officials – the yeah, the, the official kind of press charges. And, and my response to that is 
it seems to me that he was probably advised to press charges by the organization that governs high school officials because Iowa is one of the only states that does not have specific laws protecting game officials. And I think that they, this is just me, you know, uh, my opinion. I think they saw this, uh, this is an opportunity to get some legislation passed. It's a very public thing that happened. It was on the news. And I think he was probably advised, why don't you press some charges? Uh, and that will maybe spur some legislation to, to protect, you know, to, you know, to, to bring about a law to protect these officials. So, you know, I, I'm like, not. What's the law say? Like you're not allowed to throw eggs at them or something? I, I don't know. I, mean, I think they. they I, I would think, think it's... most of that is obvious. Like you need a law that says you are not allowed to hurt the. I think it's more specific language to address that specific scenario. Oh. Um, that goes beyond just you know what would normally be okay and not okay. Gotcha. Um, so, and, and I, I think that's fine. I'm totally, you know, I'm not, uh, but I, I just, my thought is I would not be surprised if those charges got dropped. I would hope so. I would hope so because the guy suffered enough, man. Yeah. I mean, he resigned from his job. He got a mug shot. Yeah. He and got if, charges pressed. If that's the reason they're holding out on, well, we are not going to explain them why we didn't do very well on this call. Right. And, uh, by the way. We, we actually saw that we missed it in the first quarter, too. Right, right. You know, and we're right. going to try and do a better job. I right. mean, that's what people want to hear. Right. You know? They do. But I think there are a lot of people this, that wonder about that. To use this guy as a pawn for that is pretty right. chicken shit, I think. I agree. I, I think that the officials uh, organization should come forward. Um, and I'm not anti-official. They do a hard job. And uh, even when I was a coach, um, you know, I mean, you, you have moments where you disagree with things, but mm -hmm. you also acknowledge, at least I do, it's a tough job. You're not going to see everything. Mm -hmm. They should have seen that because it was right in front of them and it was in the open field. They should have seen it, but they didn't. However, now that this is out in the open, it's a very public thing. I think we need a public statement saying, you know, we're going to work on this to make sure that even if it's a, it's a general bullshit statement that yeah. you hear all the time, we're going to work on this and train our officials to protect our athletes better. You know, some acknowledgement that they know that something happened that shouldn't happen. Yeah. I think, but they're not going to do that. Well, they will if they get a promise to put the the law on the docket. Yeah. That maybe that'll be about the time you get that statement. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. But the other thing that I noticed in this is when you, and again, it seems like last episode we talked about the Des Moines Register a mm, little bit. Yeah. Um, the Des Moines Register article, uh, I read that, and it struck me because. Uh, it stated that uh, the coach went out on the field and that he was restrained by a fellow coach from attacking the referee. Yeah. Those were the words that were used by the journalist who's reporting the news. Okay. The reason I had a problem with that is mm -hmm. he was restrained by a coach. Okay. When you watch the video, he went out onto the field and he was six to eight feet from the official, mm -hmm. and he did not attack the official. There was nobody between them, and if he wanted to, he could have. It's like clickbait, man. I mean, it is. the more they put in the description of how – the more chance you're going to click on play. Right. And, I mean, how many times do they put stuff on where it's like – uh, they give you half the story, right. and then you got to click on it to find out. That's I was just, just I was just uh, thinking about a story like that that I read a couple of days ago, but I just think that. 
it's it was pretty subtle and i don't i'm not saying i'm smarter than everybody else because i'm not i don't know that everybody noticed that but i noticed it i noticed that it said he was restrained from attacking mm-hmm. the official and that's loaded language and you don't that writer no one knows mm-hmm. if he would have attacked the official right we know that he told him he was he was <laughs> kill him which is not okay yeah but how how much punishment are we going to give to someone every time they say I'm kill you yeah no kidding i mean i'm saying i'm not saying there shouldn't be there shouldn't be a reaction but he had yeah, a reaction but i mean there i think there's some cultural stuff there too i mean you know i mean if you grow up in a rougher part not that i don't know this coach either but i'm just saying i've heard plenty of people go i'm gonna kill you right and i know they're not gonna do it you've been told that by students so have i yeah and parents yeah oh yeah right and, and and again, I'm not. That is not I mean, okay to just, say to somebody. And they there needs to be a reaction. Yeah. But is has the reaction gone beyond the pale? Yes, I, in my opinion, with the charges filed against him and you know felony harassment, I think is what it. I I don't know what it is, but um, so I just thought that that was an interesting way to portray it. You don't know if he was going to attack the official or not, and to say that is, in my opinion, a bit you know an irresponsible statement on the part of the writer and the register. Uh, yeah, because like I said, he had a chance to attack him and he didn't. And, you know, so but anyway, there's a lot of angles to this. And I'm I'm pretty curious to see how it all plays out in the end of the at the end of the day. But, you know, as of right now, the kid is OK, I think. I don't know if he played Friday night. I think he did. I'll did bet, he? I don't know, but I'll bet his ass doesn't hurt as much as that team we played Friday night. Oh, holy cow. That was what that was, was the painful. final score? Seventy-five to nothing. It was sixty-nine to nothing at halftime. That's bullying. It's bullying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's come on. It's bullying. Well, yeah, that's um, yeah, that game on Friday. Now, I I suspected that was going to happen because that same team that we played lost ninety-three to nothing to another team. Okay, Why to, can't you just let them, you know, oops, get, just get in like, there. Here, what's a big whoop? Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. Well, it was, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions that come up in your mind when you watch a team go down 50 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Um, they were obviously, and uh, you know, the, the first thought I had was I felt terrible for those kids. I mean, they're the same age, right? They're, they're the, the same, same age. age. The I same don't age. understand the huge discrepancy here. Well, I felt bad for the kids because there was a physical discrepancy, but none that would lend itself to 75 to nothing. They had a few big kids. They had some kids that so there's that be. has some speed, but maybe not as many as we have. A coaching aspect. Well, that was what I thought, and I, you know, or maybe um, they don't start like they don't start playing football in that area until well, like later in life. I don't know. Apparently. I don't know. Maybe like it's our first that game. year. <laughs> well. The thought, the questions the that I had when I was watching it as an old coach is a lot of the things I saw on the field are correctable. Yeah. Some of them are attributable to a, you know, um, an imbalance in talent. Some. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, when you, when you see how many snaps did we see go over the head of the quarterback or the punter? Yeah. That's something well, that's correctable. You did saw the, a lot more of them than I did. Did I their long snapper that. break his ankle off? on the way off the bus? Did they have a kid that never snapped? I'm just asking because oh. if not, 
then that is something that as a coach you can on fix. Way off the bus at that ninety-three nothing game. <laughs> so I can't yeah. even imagine driving three and a half hours for that. And they knew it was going to happen, Dan. That's the other problem. You know, they knew it was going to happen. I believe in that. There's a lot to right. The mental. That's aspect. the losing culture, and I feel bad for him. And it goes back to four or five podcasts ago when we talked about do we need to restructure the classification system for high school football? Mm. You know, because, you know, Sioux City is a socioeconomically cannot keep up. They're, you know, very dissimilar with the Des Moines schools, very similar to. And so and we saw that right there on the field. It was it was painful. I felt terrible for the kids. Um, They knew 15 seconds into the game when they were down 14 to nothing, they knew they were done. Yeah. And they still had 59 minutes and 45 seconds to play, knowing what was going to happen. And they didn't have a chance. And I just felt bad for him. But also, I have about a 1,000 questions for the coaches. Hmm. What are you working on? What Are your kids coming to practice every day? If not, why? What are you doing to get them there? And when they're there, what, do you, what skills are you trying to teach them? Because there were some – we saw – I don't know if you were there. there. One of their players fumbled the ball and stood there and looked at it on the ground for, I don't know, two seconds and didn't even try to get it. Wow. Until our kid jumped on it. He just literally stood there and watched it. And again, I would never disparage a kid, but that's something that as a coach you'd be, yeah. you know, what are you doing? Well, one of the things we talked about was when you have the structure that we have, you right. know, they're learning things that are going to help them on the varsity team, not right. just in junior high, but earlier down the line. Right. right? So. I think that makes a bigger difference than than the coach right at the time is right. how how you've had this solid structure of moving towards Southeast Polkram football right. or wrestling or whatever the case whatever. may be. Our golf team just got much, third in the state. Yeah, third. I thought we got first. Third in the state. Oh, huh. so we yeah. pretty much wake up in the morning and piss excellence. Yep. Yep. Know? But it's uh. <clears throat> I just wonder about the long-term effects that kind of stuff has on a kid. Yeah. And maybe people think that's an overreaction, but I don't know, man. You know, when when we were in high school and, and Des Moines North was on a 50- or 60-game losing streak, mm-hmm. I know some of the kids have played on those teams. Yeah, That's a hard thing, man, when you go into a game and you know you have no chance. And they're good. They, these guys that I know from North, good guys, mm-hmm. good players, they just didn't have enough, you know. Yeah. And I wonder about the long-term – you know, effects, if any. So maybe some guys shake that shit right off and they don't think about it. Yeah. But maybe it makes them better. Maybe. So, anyway, where are we at on time right now, Beck? 34 minutes. 34. Okay. Well, we're right toward the end. I don't know if you had something else. Oh, um, here was my question for okay. you. Um, for every day you spend in solitary confinement, okay? Okay. You have no internet, no phone. <clears throat> I'm going to go no reading material. There's nothing. Okay. The lights are on, I don't know, whatever time, 7 in the morning, 6 okay. in the morning. They go off at 9 at night. In between there, you're in a room, okay? Okay. Every day you're in there, you get $10,000 tax-free cash. Right? Every day I'm in there. But you have to say in advance how many days you're going to do. So then if you don't do that many days, you get nothing. So if I say I'm going to go, I'm going to do solitary confinement for... Ten days, but I only make it seven days. I don't get seven. Get I don't get seventy thousand. I get nothing. Yep. And if you make it ten, you get a hundred grand. If you make it eleven, you get 
hundred grand. So that's why you want your you want to push you wanna, it to the limit, but not it. go above. No, but you want to really think, okay, can I really do this? And that's okay. my question to you. Okay, I have some questions in return. <laughs> How big is the cell? Uh, it's not huge. Um, I don't know. Like, whatever it normally looks like. A normal solitary cell? Is there a window? Yeah. No. No window? Uh, just no window to the, the outside? No. No. And I have to stay in the cell 24-7. 24-7, there's a toilet. Out. I don't get 10 minutes out in the yard? Nope. I don't get to go out and hang out with Red and the boys nope. in the yard and pick up stones so I can no, make a chest special set? special deal. You're in this room, and that's it. You got a toilet. They're going to bring you food. I mean, it's not going to be... How, what's my bed like? Man, hey, I mean, this it's is important. not a... Is it just a thin little prison mattress, yeah. or do I get a... Whatever is in a, a regular... I don't know what's in a regular... I've I don't been either, in prison. but it's probably not good, so just picture that. Like I get back problems, Danny. I can't lay on a little mattress Ten grand, like you'll have to pay for some good back support. Ten grand, so... Okay. Up per day. Um, cameras? That's a weird question. Yeah. <laughs> our, our sound technician, Beck, has asked if there are cameras that I'm... I almost grounded him for that. I almost grounded him for asking. What? Why would you want to know that? I know why. Same reason I would want to know why. It's a good question. It's a good question. Right, right. That's what, yeah, I see. Hey, all right, let's go with... Uh, I go a year. <laughs> a year. You would be begging and drooling and crying to come out after... Day 11. 365. Is that right? 365 days. Oh, how much money? I don't know. That's take that times. Six million? Jeez, check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> I wasn't even a math major. So okay, you're so, going to go a year. All right. Maybe I won't go a year because I, 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 don't think I miscalculated. If I could, I could, hey, I could go. Were we supposed I'd to go do... three months. That's that would be like uh, over. That'd be like nine hundred thousand. If you say so. You don't um, think so? I don't know. I think it. I don't think. Uh, if you if you kept laser focused on the thought that when I'm done, my family is secure. Mm-hmm. Couldn't that get you through three months? I I think I could get through longer than you. Fuck that. And. Look at you. You can't stay still. <laughs> you can't stay still. How the f- how can you be there longer than me? I can sit still for hours. It's not about sitting still. That's a whole it's about point. this it's about this world in your head. As long as I can move, I've got four by eight. I could be doing some weird stuff in there. I keep myself busy. And then I do jujitsu in my head. Anyway, I was Well, curious. I think uh, um, what about, do we have emails we had to read? Uh, we're not going to get to them. we got to start doing those first. I know we'll do those first next time. But that's a good point uh, about your the, the kind of the fantasy world in your head that I don't have. Yeah. See, so you would sit there and start ruminating and freaking out. Plus, you can't you And I couldn't communicate with my family, could I? Exactly. Like I said. But I could get in shape because I'd have nothing else to do. I'd have nothing to read. So I'd be like. 
DiCaprio and freaking uh, The Departed where he's doing the dips and, you know, push-ups and shit. That'd take about five minutes. What are you going to do the rest of the day? <laughs> well, I got something else, but that would take a couple of minutes. They've got cameras. I know, got cameras. I can't, right. All right. All right. Well, what else? That's it, bro. Okay. We're in. That's it. That's good. Episode seven. I like it. Episode yep. seven. Okay. Um, we need to get a guest on here or have someone else do it to me, maybe. We need someone in here. Yeah. I, I want to do a third person, though. Like, if we get Butcher well, in here. Well, we could get Butcher in here. Uh, I've already kind of talked about getting uh, Brian Sheasley in here because he's, you know. I... Could we Skype someone in, one of my buddies from Texas? That'd be cool. Like, if they could be on the thing. Yeah, maybe. We could get uh, we could get Big E in here. He could tell a story. Yeah. That'd be all right. That'd be cool. We could get, yeah. He wouldn't do it, though. Why? No way. No way. Too much uh, potentially controversial that could happen. Yeah. Nah. Well, yeah, it's not in the. It's not in the. Not there. Not. Mm-mm. Well, maybe we can pressure him. Maybe you can. I could get if you give me a list of questions. I could maybe take them and I could come back with the answers. It'd be answers. better if, if E was right here. This maybe, is what we need. Maybe someday. Okay. All right. All right, buddy. Well, hey, I gotta go because uh, I don't know if you know this, but the movie El Camino just came out, and it's a Breaking Bad movie. Okay, now you know. You, is it you on HBO? Bad. It's on Netflix. It just came out two days ago, and in anticipation of this movie, Marta and I decided to rewatch the entire Breaking Bad series, which I've only watched once, and that was when it came out. So it's been years, and you know my memory. My memory sucks. So it's like I'm watching it for the first time. Yeah. And we just got to the end, spoiler alert, the end of season four when Gus walks out of Hector's, uh, remember Hector in the old folks' home and walks out oh, of his yeah, room yeah, and fixes yeah. his tie and then they show his face. Mm-hmm. And I just remember how shocked Martin and I were when we first watched that, like, oh my God, that is so awesome. And then there was a whole season after that that was even better. So mm-hmm. I could I could talk about Walt White for half an hour because Walt White is a misunderstood American hero. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but well, another time. Let, let me just leave. I won't. I won't go into it. But let me just say this: If you could be the best, the number one best at anything in the world, even cooking meth, even cooking meth, it would be an addiction. If you knew you were the best at cooking meth, at uh, playing Yahtzee or smoking meat, at smoking meat, which you are. I'm not one, one of the, the best. best. I'm not even because I, I hardly ever do it, so I'm not that good at it. <laughs> if you could be the best at something, it would be an addiction. You would not be able to stop it, mm-hmm. and that's why Walt was Walt was languishing in a life where he was performing underneath his capabilities until that one day when he realized I'm the best meth cook in the world. Yeah. But anyway, so we're going to finish watching season ego, five. His ego got the best of him. Yeah, he did. All so, right. Well, all right, Dad. Well, good to see you, buddy. Let's get to the part where I tell you fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. Man, I love you. I love you. And uh, I'm going to finish this uh, delicious Big Grove Brewery beer. Sweet. I'm going to finish my water. <laughs>